Hello and welcome to You Got This, a podcast about teaching and learning and sustaining community for everyone at Thompson Rivers University. I'm your host, Brenna Clark-Gray, Coordinator of Educational Technologies, and this podcast is a project of your friends over at Learning Technology and Innovation. We're housed within open learning, but we support the whole campus community. I record this podcast in Tecumloops Te Shwetmuk within the unceded traditional lands of Shwetmukulu, where I hope to learn and grow in community with all of you. And the show is a little bit different this week. It is our second annual celebration of the Teaching Practices Colloquium here at Thompson Rivers University. Tuesday, February 22nd is the TPC. And so a day and a bit in advance of that, I'm giving you just an opportunity to hear what folks will be talking about in their TPC talks, um, help you plan out your schedule. I reached out to all the presenters via email last week to say, hey, do you want to send me a one to two minute audio synopsis of your talk? And As always, the community responded, and I've got lots of talks to introduce you to here today. Lots of different styles, lots of different content, a real celebration of what our campus community is all about. So, gosh, let's get into it. If you're new to TRU or you're joining us from outside our lovely community, the Teaching Practices Colloquium is a special one-day celebration of teaching and learning practice at TRU. The whole day, we just share talks and experiences about the kinds of work that goes on in our classrooms. People present hands-on practical things they've learned. People present their research into teaching and learning practice. This year, we have a series of themes. So um, inclusivity and diversity is one stream or one track. Increasing resilience is another. Insightful reflection, inspirational creativity, and interconnected and open. See, doesn't this just get you excited (laughs) to talk teaching and learning? It does for me. I have to tell you, I I mean, there's like a little bit of irony in that they've placed me on the increasing resilience track, which regular listeners of the show will know that I have a little bit of a problem with resilience as an institutional goal. I don't want to be resilient. I just want to be supported in my work to do it well. But you know, it's all good. Um, But that's the track that I'm on. And I am going to be totally self-indulgent and take a couple of minutes to tell you what my talk is all about. So at 2.30 p.m. on that increasing resilience track, I'll be talking about procurement. I know, it's kind of boring, right? (laughs) Procurement, this idea of the process by which we adopt, well, I mean, procurement can be anything, but I'm talking about how we adopt technologies on campus. My talk is called Procurement as Praxis, Reconsidering Acquisition from an Ethic of Care Perspective. And it's the first presentation of some thinking that I'm doing in relation to a much larger research project that I hope will eventually be a book. The idea here is to think through the actual choice, selection, purchase of educational technologies from a care perspective. We're really good in these processes at considering things like legalities, you know, around how data is handled, that kind of stuff. But I'm increasingly realizing that we need to see legality as the floor and not the ceiling of what we expect from our technologies. And so, you know, in this era where we're seeing 
genuine harm done to students because of algorithmic tech, artificial intelligence, machine learning. Like these are tools that most of our procurement processes were not developed to consider. And so that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how we do procurement well so that we're not just thinking about harm reduction at the point of implementing a technology or using a technology, but that we are maybe able to remove harm from the equation entirely by thinking about procurement slightly differently. If that gets you jazzed, then you might be just me, but because <laughs> it does get me jazzed. Um, but if it does, I hope you'll join us. Um, so that'll be at 2.30 on the increasing resilience track. And, you know, I think I gave myself more than two minutes, which is pretty cheeky because I have really held our contributors today to a tight deadline. I have short form synopses of 12 of the talks at the TPC today. So I am going to hand the show over to that content now. I really hope that you feel as excited and just invigorated to hear people talk about their work as I do. So, yeah, no further ado. Take it away, Team TLU. Hi, I'm Maggie Shamro, Assistant Teaching Professor here in the School of Nursing. I'll be presenting at this year's TPC, and my talk is called Using a Hearing Voices Simulation to Counteract Stigma and Build Empathy. I'll be presenting at 1.10pm in the Inclusivity and Diversity stream. This 20-minute presentation discusses an exercise that my nursing students do in class where they listen to a simulation of what it sounds like to hear voices. They do a series of tasks while listening to this simulation, and the exercise helps to build empathy and understanding towards people who hear voices, and our discussion following helps to counteract stigma towards people who live with a mental illness. Hope to see you there. Hi, my name is Ken Monroe. I'm an instructional designer in open learning and chair of the Open Education Working Group. There's a couple of sessions happening at the TPC this year that I'm involved with. One is the UN Sustainable Development Goals Fellowship Project, the first year in review. The scheduled time right now is 1040 to 1120, but that might change because one of the presenters has a conflict. The UN SDG Fellowship Project is a partnership with TRU and three other Canadian universities and five American universities. Uh, faculties apply to become a fellow, and then they're paired together to create renewable assignments, interdisciplinary and renewable assignments, which they put into their course. Um, and the assignments are built around local actions towards the completion of a sustainable development goal. So it's a very interesting project. Uh, last year was the first year. We had seven fellows apply and, and were approved um, to join the fellowship. And three of those will be joining us um, that day to talk about it. Uh, Sharon Brewer, Bala Niku, and Donna Bringland. So we're opening up the applications for year two. If you're interested in understanding what, more about the fellowship and the opportunities that it presents, this would be a great time to hear about it, ask questions, and prepare to get involved. So hope to see you there, 1040 at the TPC. Thanks. Hi, my name is Catherine Tatarniuk, and I'm an assistant teaching professor in the Department of Engineering. I'm going to be presenting a poster um, in the time slot from 320 to 340 under the theme of Interconnected and Open. I'm going to be talking about a real-world project that was done in my engineering economics class, which was facilitated through the platform Ripen. 
Ripen helps to pair academia with industry. The client that we had, Build a Biz Kids, was looking for students savvy with economic variables and mathematical equations to help them create a resource management economic simulation game for kids aged 7 to 13. My poster will talk about how this partnership between my students and the client, Build a Biz Kids, went, and some of the pros and cons that were encountered in using a real world project for a term project in engineering economics. Thanks, hope to see you there. This is Michael Meadow from the Department of Geography and Environmental Studies at TRU. I don't know about you, but after a couple of years of COVID and using Zoom every day, I'm tired of it. So I decided to try something different and namely jumping into virtual reality. As the cost of headsets have dropped quite dramatically, we have new opportunities in higher education in particular to use this amazing space to do things that we couldn't do anywhere else. We can actually take ourselves out of those environments that we're in in the classroom even, to virtual field trips, and really sort of work together more collaboratively. That's what I'm gonna be talking about in my session at the conference from 11.30 to 12.40 is the time period, and it's on virtual reality in the classroom. Look forward to having you there in the metaverse. Just uh, to give you a little bit of context, the metaverse, when I use that term, and you'll learn more about it during the event, is a persistent, immersive, simulated world. It's experienced in the first person, and it allows us to share a sense of mutual presence and hopefully it can allow us to also improve the way in which we do things collectively. I can think of multiple ways that it could be used in labs and other kinds of environments and language labs as well. And of course, we can also use it to do collaborative projects. See you then. Hi everyone, this is just Kiran Tivana from the Department of Journalism, Communication and New Media at TRU. I'm really excited to be presenting at this year's Teaching Practices Colloquium on 22nd February. My talk is going to be about blended learning in the pandemic times, and I'm going to be talking about the key takeaways and insights that I gained from using this model in my teaching practice in the last fall semester. The time slot for my talk is 11.05 a.m., and I look forward to all of you joining me. Thank you. See you then. Hi, my name is Dr. Trent Tucker and I'm a teaching professor in the School of Business and Economics. My session is entitled Lessons from a Dry Erase Marker. Picture this. It's a sunny day in late December when our young protagonist decides to go skiing. The hills are uncrowded because the temperature is hovering around minus 32 degrees Celsius. A sudden turn and our hero catches an edge crashing hard into the packed snow. Fighting the onset of shock, he tells his youngest, I broke my arm, son, and instructs the young lad to drive down the mountain and get him to the hospital. Waking up from surgery, our courageous colleague ponders the pedagogical parameters of his predicament. With less than two weeks to go before the start of winter term classes, will our injured yet intrepid instructor be up for the rigors of teaching? Will he be able to take his broken wing and learn to fly again? Will he be able to get the cap off this damn whiteboard marker to start the lesson? We talk about accommodations for students. What about accommodations for academics? Join me right after the opening keynote for this inspirational creativity session to discuss the approaches and technologies and the lessons I've learned on this journey. 
Hi, my name is Melissa Swenson, and I am the campus librarian in Williams Lake. And my colleague is Rebecca Fredrickson, and she is the English instructor in Williams Lake. And we are going to be talking at 11.30 about the benefits of direct instruction in Word. Um, we've noticed that our students spend an enormous amount of time using Word, but we don't seem to spend a lot of time as a institution teaching them how to use Word, not just the details of how to do specific things, but how they should be relating to the software. Um, the kinds of things that software should do, like alphabetizing, page numbering, versus the kinds of things that people should do, like coming up with creative ideas and crafting brilliant prose. So that's going to be our talk, and um, we hope to see you there. Hi, I'm Ken Monroe, an instructional designer and um, also the chair of the Open Education Working Group. The second session that I'll be facilitating at the TPC is called Open Education, a Community of Practice for Faculty. And it is starting at 1.10. So the idea of this particular session is to introduce everyone to the Open Education Working Group and the different open education initiatives that we have going, which are done through communities of practice. We've been promoting a model of open education with four electrons circling a nucleus. The electrons are open pedagogy, open research, open publishing, and open educational resources. And we have leaders in each one of those areas which have developed into a community of practice. So the idea is that these leaders uh, facilitate discussions within those topics. Again, open pedagogy, open research, open publishing, and open educational resources. So if you're interested in learning more about the Open Education Working Group and these open educational practices, then join us during this particular session. Join Dr. Kathy McKinnon from the Faculty of Education and Social Work, along with Marie Bartlett and Jamie Drozda from Open Learning's Learning Design and Innovations team at 2.30 to review their experiences with students co-creating in WordPress. Together, we will provide a show and tell of this creative model of project-based innovation, appreciative inquiry, and high-impact practice as a learning activity for practicums. We will discuss how students co-created meaning-making, possibilities, benefits, and actions for both their social practice and community members' practices. You will see that students' websites are a great example of not only their curiosity, creativity, and learning, but of what is possible when departments across TRU come together to support both students and faculty. My name is Jenna Goddard and I coordinate the Writing Centre and teach student success courses for the Faculty of Student Development. The title of my talk at the TPC is Do I Belong Here? Reimagining Academic Writing Spaces to Foster Inclusivity from 11.30 to 11.50. In this talk, I'm going to be sharing some of the changes made in the Writing Centre to decolonize our practices and space. As a teaser, I'll share a snippet of a spoken word poem. For the incredible Felicia Rose Chavez says, there is power to speaking words aloud. When spoken aloud, they are unconstrained by physical boundaries and cathartic. When shared, they create a counter space, the antipodal academic writing space. 
This is not a resource or a set of rules. This is an invitation, a welcoming out, not in, of the restrictions we set to really rethink our spaces. For how can we reimagine our spaces when we're constrained by them? Be spaces of activism, we are told, but also be safe, be both and. But colleagues are falling around me, exhausted from propping each other up and their loved ones and only the world. And how can I promise students that understanding APA inside and out means anything in a world turned inside out? How can I talk about appropriate thesis placement and finding your authentic voice in the same breath because I am breathless? How can I tell faculty that their assessments are racist, that white language supremacy is not just a passing phase, when I know you are drowning under hundreds of student papers and afraid that your contract won't be renewed if you try something new and fail. Because our systems and silos, our evaluations don't see failing as trying. We are desperate to create spaces where everyone belongs. This space is a problem and I don't know how to make it right. All I know is that it needs to be less white. Hello, my name is David Carter. I am an assistant teaching professor in tourism management. And the title of my talk is actually different than what's in the uh, schedule. Uh, I've retitled it as Classroom Partnerships with Industry and Government, the TRU Tourism Innovation Lab. And the time slot for this is at uh, 11.30 to 12.40, and it looks like I'm in the first slot, so it'll be, I guess, at 11.30. And uh, my talk is going to be about uh, the establishment of the TRU Tourism Innovation Lab, so I'm the founder and director of that lab, and uh, it's a really interesting program where we connect the students to the industry and to um, government resources through the Kamloops Innovation Center. And I'm gonna tell a bit of the story of, of how we started that and of how we aligned our vision for that. And uh, basically I'll, I'll dive into a little bit of that and how it's going and um, what's sort of been effective and what's worked and what hasn't. So ultimately uh, it'll be the story of the TRU Tourism Innovation Lab and how I started that. So I uh, hope to see you there and uh, all the best for everyone giving presentations. Thank you. Hi everyone, my name is Diane Janes and I'm with CELT, the Center for Excellence in Learning and Teaching here at TRU. My talk is going to be getting started with SOTL research. What are the benefits for faculty and learners? I'm going to have an afternoon slot, which is 1.10 to 2.20, and I'll be sharing my slot with another presentation. So what is scholarship of teaching and learning? Most of us through our training in grad school started to look at discipline-specific research, things we did in our day-to-day -day teaching world. Um, maybe that's business or tourism, or it might be some other area of expertise that you bring to the university. Scholarship of teaching and learning is about doing research in your classroom. It's about finding out how your learners learn and thinking about how you teach and using that as part of your research agenda. So not just about your discipline specific research, but how do you use your research skills to examine how your learners learn. So come and have a coffee and visit with me during this session. We'll have a discussion about the kinds of questions you have discovered in your teaching. And maybe we can look for ways that you can incorporate some of the research methodologies and thinking behind the scholarship of teaching and learning into your own research agenda. I look forward to seeing you.
So that is it for season two, episode 19 of You Got This. As always, if you want to write to us, you can email me. I'm bgray at tru.ca. I'm also on Twitter at Brenna C. Gray. And in both cases, that's gray with an A. All of our show notes and transcripts are posted at yougotthis.truebox.ca. And of course, you can always comment on individual episodes there. Just a brief programming note, we're going to take this week off for reading week. Oh, amazing. Um, So there'll be a bit of a lull in programming. I'm going to use this time a week, two weeks, I think, um, just to book guests and plan out the rest of the term. So a little bit of a pause from us, but we will be back really, really soon. Um, And in honor of rest, I am not going to leave you today with a tiny teaching tip because you know what? It is reading week. So I hope you attend the TPC and get a ton out of it. And I hope you have some time to check out some of the PD sessions. For example, John Fulton and I will be doing a session on podcasting, which I will link to in the show notes today. Please register and come out and see us. But I also hope that you will take time this week to rest. Just enjoy some downtime. I will try to do the same although this is a busy week for your instructional support friends, I have to tell you. But I am going to take some days in lieu. I'm going to take some time. I'm going to plan the next few weeks of the show. And um, I'm looking forward to coming back with more energy in a little bit. And I, I hope that you find time to recharge and do the same. Until next time, I'll be thinking of you. Enjoy the TPC. And if you learn something new, or if you see a talk that didn't get presented today, or did and you think I should have that person on the show as a guest, that would be a great thing to write in about. Take care. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.